everyone our podcast as we bring you the best of sports medicine weekly brand new show for us in this one i'm steve cashel with dr brian cole dr cole of course the head team physician with the chicago bulls long time efforts there and of course one of the team physicians with the chicago white Sox, sports medicine specialist orthopedic surgeon from midwest orthopedics at rush our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com let me begin with this what if the best way to treat your pain is to start with physical therapy? The same athletico therapists who work with world-class athletes and professional dancers can transform your pain before it progresses to something worse. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. It all begins with Athletico. Dr. Cole, how are you? Steve, I'm doing great. I'm loving the podcast format. First couple ones that we just started doing have been awesome and getting some great feedback. So this is a lot of fun, and I think I like it a lot better than uh, terrestrial radio. Absolutely. We've got a great guest with us in this podcast, Dr. Cole. He is Dr. John Grant, a sports medicine knee and shoulder surgery specialist, assistant professor, med sports, University of Michigan, also the head team orthopedic surgeon for Eastern Michigan University Athletics, and a team physician for USA Hockey. And that's one of the things we're to be discussing about is hockey injuries. First of all, Dr. Grant, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Great. Thanks so much for the invitation to uh, talk to you guys tonight about a, a sport that I'm really passionate about and have been since I was a small kid. So this is a great opportunity here for sure. Uh, Dr. Grant, do you mind if I call you John or you can call me Brian? Sure, please okay? do. We'll keep, we'll keep it casual. You know, I would just love to, uh, Steve did a great introduction uh, for you, but just, you know, get a little sense of your background and how many years you are in practice and uh, give a sense of what you do day to day. Sure. Uh, I'm originally from Canada and actually did most of my training there, uh, including grad school and residency in orthopedic surgery, and then ended up with a, a fellowship in sports medicine and shoulder here at University of Michigan. Ended up heading back to Canada for a couple years of private practice before coming back to join the faculty here in 2014. And so more recently over the past number of years, I've been focusing practice a little bit more in complex knee uh, cartilage transplants, uh, complex knee joint preservation and those types of things from a clinical point of view, uh, but also interested certainly in, in the care of sports medicine athletes across the wide spectrum and especially here at the college level and, and more uh, pertinent to this talk show here tonight, uh, the USA National Team Development Program uh, that's run just a little bit east of us uh, here in uh, Plymouth, uh, Michigan. So uh, great fun hanging out with those guys over the past four or five years and taking care of them, these uh, high school players in 11th and 12th grade, really coming from across the country to uh, come together here for some high-level training to compete, uh, ideally for USA on the world stage for sure. So it's been a great excitement and, and benefit for me being a hockey player ever since I was a little kid uh, to both watch these guys play at an amazing level uh, and take care of the various injuries that occur with them over time and help support them and get them back on the ice so they can be the best players they can be. And really, uh, it's an interesting time to be with them because they're really, this is a run up to their NHL entry draft and moving on into college and then hopefully professional careers. So it's really a pivotal point in their lives to be both developing as sort of mid teenagers, but also developing their hockey skills and camaraderie with their teams and, and building forward. So it's a great time to be with these guys at the high school level. You know, what's interesting is you get the benefit of having been a hockey player and I can tell you I was not a very good basketball player and I was an I used to strike out in t-ball okay so an awful baseball player yet those are the two uh, sports that I take care of the only sport I really play was football and I would do I would have loved to have taken care of a professional football team just because I completely identify but I will say I've 
I've truly enjoyed both of the, those sports and getting to learn them and now I've become a, a big fan, but it's got to be something special when you have it in your sort of heart and soul and you played hockey for, probably since you were very young, knowing where you grew up. Right. And uh, now you get to take, you can share and how these athletes, uh, how they're motivated and, you know, these, these, these young people who try to get that balance between they're in school at the same time and then they're trying to balance their sport. So I am sure it's really a wonderful aspect of your career. It's interesting. I actually have the opposite experience. When I came here as a fellow, I had really had minimal experience in football and of course I had to learn, you know, American football and getting used to all the rules and stuff because I never really played it. So now being the, you know, the sideline physician for the Eastern Michigan football team in the fall, I had to learn all that when I came here. But certainly, uh, as you said, the hockey's really been a, a great joy for me. I've now got to bring my kids to some of the hockey games at night uh, and get them to sort of follow along and see the players. And, and it's nice to be able to identify you know, a little bit with the injuries and, and be able to follow the play and then the challenge that they've got. But uh, I think you're right. They have a special system here with their schooling. So they're they're studying during the mornings or training in the afternoons. These guys are playing in the USHL Hockey League, much like the Chicago Steel that Rush also takes care of. Uh, so they're traveling a lot during the week and weekends. So a lot of demands on these high school kids and stresses being away from home. But, uh, you know, they come together really well. And to see their camaraderie and, and their development over the couple of years that they're here, learning to play together as the elite players in the top uh, of the country, really, and travel internationally. And that affects a big deal for them. And being able to help support them is a big deal. I want to ask you both um Dr. Grant first, then Dr. Cole, uh, about some of the more common injuries in hockey. Well, you know, I, 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 I don't know where to start. You know, we and obviously in the NHL, they talk about upper body, lower body. <laughs> they never get specifics. The only sport that you don't know that is, is it an ankle? Is it a knee? Is it a shoulder? Is it an elbow? You know, they hide that pretty well. Um, I want to discuss that maybe a little bit. But uh, first, Dr. Grant, what are, what are some of the more common injuries you see? Yeah, I think it kind of depends. There are some injuries that uh, appear kind of across the spectrum from younger players up into professional players. And then there's some different injuries that are a bit more specific to the levels of play. Uh, I think overall, certainly concussions are a big issue. And I think there may be other discussions on this podcast at other times about concussions. So we won't go too much into that. But, you know, the issue of concussion and cervical spine injury is certainly a real issue. Uh, We can come back to that a little bit. Um, other than that, upper extremity is very common. Things like shoulder separations, shoulder dislocations, clavicle fractures, or collarbone fractures. Uh, and then in the lower extremity, knee injuries or medial collateral uh, ligament injuries are very common as well. Um, moving down to the ankle, high ankle sprains, certainly where they've got this rigid boot on. Uh, if you can get caught in a rut or get tangled up with another player, you can get a sprain of the syndesmosis or the, the higher part of the ankle, which unfortunately is a, a longer recovery time than the uh, standard ankle sprains. You know, one of the um, things that I've seen pretty common, you can correct me if I'm wrong, has been uh, a preponderance of groin injuries in hockey players. We, you know, we, we occasionally get these sports hernias, which are different than the traditional hernias, but truth be told, that's a, is that a thing that you're seeing in this age group? Maybe it's a little bit younger than what you, than what, you know, we see in NHL and so forth, but what are your thoughts on that? They certainly, anything around the pelvis is, is certainly an issue. So things like, um, you know, osteitis pubis, groin injuries, as you mentioned, sports hernias. Uh, we do these pre-participation physicals every year when the, when the new players come in and almost every single one of them's got super tight hip flexors that can sometimes cause a little lower back issues as well. Steve, I know you have uh, two young boys. Are both of them playing hockey? And if they are, what have they had any injuries that are kind of unique to their, it's a pretty young age group. I know. Yeah, I've got two boys, uh, 14 and 16. My uh, 14-year-old plays baseball, basketball, football. He used to play hockey, but doesn't play hockey anymore. My 16-year-old is uh, used to play baseball, basketball, football. Quit everything to just play hockey full-time, and he made the AAA level. There's only four teams in Illinois that are AAA, so he's at the top, really, of his uh, 
of his age group, which is tremendous. He's a junior in high school and uh, playing at a very high level. And he did suffer a wrist injury, broken wrist. Dr. John Fernandez from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush did a marvelous job. And he found out it was a 18-month-old injury uh, that was misdiagnosed. And so he's, he knew it was bothering him. And then he got the slashed in front of the net. And they found out it was the scaphoid bone that broke. And so he had a pin inserted four days later. And they had to do a bone graft to fix the first injury. But seven weeks later, he's on the ice. He's nearly 100% again. Just some ugly scars, but uh, he's doing great. And Dr. Fernandez did a wonderful job. But that's really the only injury he has had in probably over 10, 11 years of hockey. You know, the scaphoid is this tiny bone in the wrist. And these things get missed all the time. And like you say, he was probably skating and playing with that for a very long time until it uh, saw the light of day. And it's amazing he got back at seven weeks. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, your your guys at Midwest Orthopedics Rush. I mean, you had the what the bone stimulator. Am I yeah. saying it right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is which helped. You know, he's on calcium pills and really took it easy. It was very hard emotionally for him, mentally and you know, and physically couldn't really do much, but uh, did what he needed to do. But he was back on the ice and. Uh, you know, we, then he did the the MRI once again and the um, uh, the CAT scan and the X-ray, and uh, it looked like it was fully healed. And Dr. John Fernandez said, go ahead, you're ready to play, and he's been playing ever since. So uh, that, that injury occurred back in the last weekend in October 2020, and he had surgery uh, November 4th and uh, back on the ice right before Christmas. And uh, it really, really uh, worked out very well. So we're very happy. And as I said, you're going to be better off now than that injury that was lingering, right? Is that how you guys see it? Yeah, that's like the Tommy John problem. You know, you don't know how bad you are until you get it fixed. (laughs) Uh, John, uh, so I know you're the uh, uh, head team physician for Eastern Michigan University Athletics. And I know hockey is your your mainstay as as a team physician. You know, in basketball, we often uh, enter into these injury prevention programs specifically to things that kind of happen a lot in basketball, like ACL injuries. So those are sort of the low-hanging fruit for injury prevention. What about on the hockey side? Is there anything that uh, the strength and conditioning guys do to help these young athletes remain injury-free? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we uh, work on specifically in hockey is, is as we do we, the pre-participation physicals, we try to pick up anything that the players come in with for sure. Uh, I think the hip flexor tightness is something that I sort of harp on with the athletic trainers and the and the strength guys a lot to try to get those worked out a little bit to avoid some of these groin injuries, low back issues, things like that. I think that can pull and, and on the, the pelvis was really the core of your skating ability. Uh, so we work on that for sure. Uh, they've got a great, the USA Hockey built a, a great training facility here when they purchased the ring from the from CompuWare and their previous uh, OHL team that played there. So they had a great training facility to do explosiveness on ice and off ice, uh, whether it's in the shooting room and things like that. But uh, injury prevention, really, these guys are coming in and they've got a very, you know, for the most part, have a very young body coming in as 15 and 16-year-olds over the course of those two years, kind of transitioning and, and, and building uh, strength and endurance to to really play at this level. These 16 and 17 year olds are playing the most of their league games in the USHL. So they're playing against guys who are 18 to 20 or 21. And so being able to pick that up, I think, and, and learn uh, their quickness to be able to keep their heads up, I think is the biggest thing for injury prevention to, to be able to tolerate the t- to play at that level. But the playing every day, practicing on the ice, working out in the gym and having the the coordination between the athletic trainers and the strength coaches, which is really an important uh, liaison and, co- and communication to make sure they're on the same page, uh, both with transitioning guys from injuries to back to health and the full, uh, the healthy guys to keep them healthy. So that's really important there that way. Uh Dr. Grant, I did want to ask you um, this. Uh, you got you brought up the knee 
Um, more contact when there's knee injuries that more through contact or non-contact in the hockey space. Yeah. So interesting. I think the, you know, the injuries go both ways, right? In, in hockey, you've got, especially at the higher levels, you've got the contact and the checking, uh, both open ice and against the boards. A lot of the knee injuries, especially the MCL injuries, the higher percentage of those certainly t- do tend to be hits. Uh, a lot of times they're either being pinned against the boards and their knee gets hit a little bit low or even with open ice hits uh, that can happen. Uh, so certainly I think a lot of the, the contact injuries here are the, the cause of most of the MCL injuries for sure. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. And they're one of our sponsors, JRF Ortho. And uh, Dr. Grant, I wanted to ask you about uh, your uh, participation and synergy with JRF Ortho and uh, how they play into your practice. Yeah, I think JRF Ortho has been a great liaison and they're very, uh, you know, very promotional with respect to helping educate surgeons and also make the link between, you know, tissue donors and their recipients. I think they play a great role in connecting the great gift of life and gift of tissue that donors play uh, to allow, especially in our practices, similar to uh, Dr. Cole's, these young athletes and these young individuals who are significantly debilitated by joint injuries and cartilage injuries that we can sort of bring back and get them back to their activity levels by transplanting this healthy cartilage, uh, primarily into knees, but sort of expanding into other joints and partnering with them and being able to help these uh, patients as soon as possible and really take full advantage of all the gifts that the donors give, I think is really important. Uh, And they play a great role in that for sure. And I've got one more for you. We kind of left that out uh, in our early conversation as podcast, Dr. Grant, Um, upper body, lower body, (laughs) do the colleges and, and, you know, the, the high level uh, junior programs use the same terminology. I mean, in NHL, again, we don't know if it's an elbow or a knee, um, you know, lower body, knee or ankle. They just say lower body or upper body. Why do you think they're, they're so protective of that? The NHL allows that. It's kind of interesting why it's much more in hockey than it is in other sports. I'm surprised it's not more in other sports. You know, I think a little bit is is protection, certainly at the younger levels. Um, people are worried about where they're going to go from here. What other players are they advancing to the next level drafts and what their injury histories are? Um, but also it's, it's sort of a media thing. So things in the NHL, you know, everyone wants to know what the information is. Same with other pro leagues. Uh, and some players just want a little bit more privacy. And they want to be able to recover from these. You know, hockey players are pretty tough people. They take bumps and bruises. Uh, injuries can can go under and they can rehab them quietly and get back pretty quickly. And so the hockey players are pretty resilient. They don't want probably want this as moniker on them. They have this injury or that injury. They just know they got a little bit bumps and bruises from a game. They're going to take a little time to recover from that and get right back going as quickly as they can. And so it tends to be really just the bigger injuries that are going to cause long-term time loss, whether from surgery or recoveries that eventually come to the light of what they need. But uh, these guys are pretty protective. They're pretty proud and they're pretty uh, hardy and they like to get back on the ice as soon as they can and, and don't want to be dragged down by this injury or that injury and have people kind of pontificating and, and trying to guess what their return to injury or their return to play time is and how they're going to be affected when they get back. They just want to get better and get back and get back on the ice and contribute to their team. And so they don't want to be weighed down by these types of things, I think. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, there's very few athletes that you can close a laceration without local anesthetic. That's what a yeah. hockey player does, right? That's true. They come off, you see, you ask them, do you want some, you know, local anesthetic for your cheek or for this or that? And they're like, do I need it? And I'm like, well, no, just suck it up. We'll sew it up and we'll get you back on the ice. And they're like, yeah. shine, just do it. Okay. Yeah, that hasn't been my experience uh, in non-hockey <laughs> players, but that's, it's, it, it is, I think it's fascinating to see how 
different athletes, their temperaments in terms of their ability, willingness, and so forth to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hockey players are a unique breed. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's even differences, as you mentioned, between different sports, basketball, football, and hockey. But uh, with hockey, for sure, there. If you tell them you got to miss a couple of days for this or that, and they're like, what do you mean? I just got to go out there right now. You know, I've had kids who get lacerations. And as, as Brian said, you know, as soon as you're sewn up, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm putting the skate back on. Right. And I'm like, okay, let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, just great. don't bleed out through your suit, your skate. So it should be good. Good stuff, guys. And uh, we'll leave you with this. Dr. Grant, hopefully you have tried or will try Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars, best tasting bars on the market, certified gluten-free paleo, no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars, superfood bars available on Amazon and at Karen Malkin, M-A-L-K-I-N.com. Dr. John Grant, great stuff. We really appreciate you joining us again, Dr. Grant. Associate Professor, uh, Medsport University of Michigan, head team orthopedic surgeon, Eastern Michigan University Athletics, team physician, USA Hockey, and their developmental program. Thanks so much for joining Dr. Brian Cole and I uh, here, Dr. Grant, on this podcast. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. 